This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless Mortgage experience. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio, 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Send the tweets, send them hot, at Ken Carmen, C-A-R-M-A-N. I so badly want to do it. Tom, you got to promise me that at some point, five burning questions, I, I don't know where it's at. I heard Robin, we, he, and I don't blame Robin, I blame Pierno, and I love Pierno, but being asked that question about Shark Week is just absolutely ridiculous. Okay. You have to have some common sense somewhere in America. So I'm going to put that on the on, on the shelf. I don't know where it goes. It's going to get in there sometime in the next four hours. Oh, I'll gladly get this in. Thank you very much. I think you might want to fight me on it, it seems. But fine, we'll go ahead and we'll fight on it. If you're looking for Nova, it ain't the place to go. It's Shark Week, baby. But we got to move on to more important pressing things. I know everybody wants to talk tough. I know that there's, and he is an interesting character because I think somewhere in there, there's some goodness. We've seen, we've seen moments of great charity. We've seen moments of great humility. We've seen moments of, uh, of great humanitarianism from Zeke Elliott. I, I do mean that from his time, even in high school to Ohio State to, to Dallas, there, we've heard these stories that, yeah, he, there, there is a caring person in there somewhere, but there's also a goofball. There's also a reckless, silly 24-year-old man in there. And so everybody wants to talk tough and say, well, I'll just trade him. 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 If, if you are in control of your house, you can trade him. When he runs that house... When he has the power, and he knows he has the power, you're not doing anything. I'm not talking to Philadelphia. I'm not talking to the Rams. I'm certainly not talking to the Patriots. I'm not talking to the Chiefs. The Chiefs, they have a guy like Tyreek Hill. Who knows anymore with Tyreek Hill? But you have teams there that have a foundation. They have a foundation of their power structure. Owner, coach, quarterback, Everybody else. General managers mixed in there somewhere, depending on... Yeah, Andy Reid tends to have more power. Obviously, Bill Belichick has a ton of power. The Rams, I think it goes with Les Snead and with Sean McVay. I probably think it goes hand-in-hand in in a lot of ways. Probably Sean McVay's taking care of a lot more X's and O's. Les Snead's done a pretty remarkable job over the last couple of years when it looked like his ass was nearly grass at one point. He's done a great job with the L.A. Rams. But you're looking at organizations that have good power structure. They, they have a good foundation. The concrete's there. Everything's right. Everything's ready to go. And then you bring in the Cowboys. And I don't know how else you want to say it. I know you want to talk tough. But I've thought about this, and I did this last week towards the end of the show, and I have to start off with it this week because I've thought about this for 10 days. There's no way, 10 days I've given you, there's no way I can wrap my head around this and say, oh, yeah, you absolutely should trade him. 
just get rid of him and that's fine. See, if you had Tony Romo, it, it'd be different. If you had one of the other quarterbacks, it, it'd be different. And if things go the wrong way, see, I'm setting myself up to tell you that you've done things the backwards way. You take your quarterback in the first round, maybe number four overall. Then you take your running back in the fourth round. See, other teams don't have this problem. It, it came down to this in Pittsburgh. Now, it's on to Ben Roethlisberger to take that team to the playoffs, but it came down to a standstill between Antonio Brown and the Pittsburgh Steelers and Le'Veon Bell and the Pittsburgh Steelers, or really Bell first and then Antonio Brown. And both guys went, but they're still fine because they have Ben Roethlisberger and they feel that James Conner will be able to carry the load just as perfectly efficiently enough, and he'll be able to find Juju Smith-Schuster. See, these teams have a net. I don't believe you have a net. What the Dallas Cowboys seem to do is play a style of football that is very reminiscent of a bygone era, and it's with Zeke Elliott. Yeah, I looked over the stats just a couple of years ago when Zeke had a six-game suspension. With Dak with the 10 games with Zeke, 62.4% passing, 21-41 yards, 15 touchdowns, 8 picks, 16 sacks. In the six games without Zeke, 63% higher. The yardage, 1183. You can extrapolate that over time, probably down. I don't know if you're going to get 1,000 more yards in four more games, but maybe you do. Only seven touchdowns, five picks, 16 sacks. Same amount of sacks in six games without Zeke. Then you add in 10 games with Zeke. Over half. Less touchdowns, three less interceptions, six games without Zeke. Now, that was two years ago. You look at what Dak did just this last year. You look at what their record is at 10-6. and six. You look at where they're, they're hoping to be in this coming season. And, you know, there's always that thought of, I know that everybody wants to let Jason Garrett go. They want to fire him so bad. This, this is the course of where I get Cowboys calls, where they basically want to put Jason Garrett in a brazen bull and hear the sweet whistling of his suffering. I don't think Jerry Jones wants to let him go. At least he doesn't want to let him go until Sean Payton's really ready to come there. I don't think he wants to really let him go until Lincoln Riley's ready to come there. And Lincoln Riley has won a hell of a job. And if you were coming from somewhere else, maybe you'd have a chance. But it's not like jobs like Oklahoma just fall off trees. So until that actually happens, he loves Jason Garrett. Because those guys aren't ready to get there. So now you have a coach, and I've said this so many times I'm blue in the face by now, who basically has a hole in his back that Jerry Jones puts his hand up and operates him like a puppet. It's basically Sesame Street in Dallas, Texas, or Arlington, Texas, and Jerry Jones operates Jason Garrett. And so Jerry Jones doesn't want want to let Jason Garrett falter because he doesn't want to have to fire Jason Garrett, get another coach that he doesn't really want, and then have the same type of problems all over again. He wants someone better. He can't have somebody better until it's actually time. You can give me arguments for other guys and maybe they'd leave their places. That's perfectly fine. But if I draw the conclusions to Lincoln Riley or Sean Payton, they seem perfectly thrilled in the positions they are, and we don't know yet if they're ready to make that move or if they're ever ready to make that move to Dallas. So until that absolutely is 100% possible, maybe unless Drew Brees were to retire or Lincoln Riley wins a national championship, you have to make do with Jason Garrett. 
Jason Garrett, and it's looking like this, can't make it all do with just Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott can't make it all do with just himself and the rest of the Dallas Cowboys. The rest of the Dallas Cowboys can't make it do without Dak Prescott. You see where I'm going with this, and obviously the guy in charge of it all, Jerry Jones, can't make all do with all those guys without Zeke Elliott. If it were 31 other situations, give or take, I'd say you're right. Go ahead, trade him, get rid of him. He's a malcontent. He's had problems off the field. You can't trust those problems off the field. You can't trust him. Somewhere in there is probably a good person. Again, I started this whole thing off with, we've seen examples of it before. But you're in the bad predicament with a terrible market for running backs, where he doesn't play a a supremely important position, at least by himself, the way if he were a quarterback. You find yourself trying to hold back from giving a guy money who plays, in a lot of ways, I hate to say this, but it's true, a dime a dozen position where they use you up and move on. But your problem is, is that you don't know. You really don't. You think you might. You really don't know that your quarterback can take you the distance, at least not without Zeke, and the numbers have shown that over the last two years. And here you are, trying to repeat and get back to the postseason, trying to do what's necessary to get back to the postseason, trying to give Jerry one more Super Bowl, that Super Bowl that he's 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 died for for the last 25 years. Zeke Elliott's in Cabo San Lucas. If you were any other team, I'd say you got it. Go ahead and make the trade. He's a first-round pick, fourth overall. What are you trading him for? He's a first-round pick. He's fourth overall. How are you going to get that value back? And if I'm one of these other teams, I'm getting a guy who's two years away from being a total free agent. I got a guy who's probably a year early on a holdout. You want to trade him to me. You want me to pay a, a, a huge price for Zeke Elliott. And I got to pay him. And you just told me about a traffic accident he had two years ago. This just seemingly fell out of nowhere. Now, we all of a sudden always draw our conclusions and say, it seems that the Dallas Cowboys have leaked that. And 99% more than likely you're right about that. Again, what does that give me any incentive in the world to get on the phone and to make a trade for Zeke Elliott? It makes no sense. It's none. So, Jerry... I know you've made incredible investments before. You're an oil man. You're a wildcatter. You're a born gambler. You're part of the American success story. You're what makes America great in basically every single possible way, and I am not making a political reference. It's absolutely true. No matter what we want to say about Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones embodies the American dream. You've bet on yourself before. You've bet on your constituency before. I know you're not trying to set the market. But I also know that you're no dummy. I also know that you know that you think you know football. Jerry, get out the checkbook. Sign the check. You invested in him. You knew there were problems coming out of college. You knew there was a possibility of this happening. You drafted the guy fourth overall. You had a former fourth-round quarterback who you need to talk about whether or not you're going to pay upwards of $200 million to. The best part out of all this is that if you don't pay Zach, hey, you might not need to pay Dak. Because if the season goes in the tank, you might be starting all over again. 855-2124-CBS. The way I see it, 
Zeke has him, and Zeke knows he has him. Because if you're any one of these other teams, I'm trading what for who? I'm going to pay. I'm going to pay how much? So I'm going to pay this guy max money when I want to pay my quarterback or my cornerback or my left tackle or, or my wide receiver. I, I got to pay a running back that much money? Really? And I got I, I got to trade what? Well, he's an all around great running. I, I I got that. Yeah, I know. I know. He he is a great threat. I got to pay. I got to pay how much? And he was a former first-round pick. And what did he do off the field? And you're just handing me this sheet of paper about a 2017 traffic accident? And you want me to offer you what? You wouldn't buy a house with that type of stupidity going around. Why would you do that about Zeke Elliott? He has you. He knows he has you. Just let him have you. Sign the check. Give him the money. Have him work with have him work with Dak. Take the risk. I know you've been a gambler in the past, Jerry. Take the risk. Put yourself in the postseason. Put pressure on him to be the leader. You only get so many chances at this thing. And if this thing doesn't work out, you'll just go back to the drawing board again. And then you'll have to wait and make sure that that quarterback that you take is going to be a very good quarterback for yourself. We talked about this a few years ago when Tony Romo was going belly up. It seemed that you got lucky with Dak Prescott. And I'm not saying Dak Prescott's absolute garbage. We'll find out more this year. He's only going into year four. But when I look around the league, I know that there's quarterbacks who can give me more with less, even at a young age. I don't know if Dak Prescott could do that. But you have Zeke. And I know Zeke's a malcontent, and he's a problem child. He also can run you into the postseason. He can take heat off a deck. He can take heat off the offensive line. He can grind down clock when you need him to do so. He can give you multifaceted threats in every way possible that makes Jason Garrett's job easier, that makes the offenses easier, that makes the entire fan base breathe a sigh of relief and have you go and try to beat everybody in the NFC East again. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Would you pay? Would you trade? Would you wait out Zeke? It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. 855-2124-CBS. 855-2124-227. Send the tweets. Send the hot takes at Ken Carmen. C-A-R-M-A-N. Tommy Bowden, former coach, current analyst, the ACC Network. He joins us 1140 a.m. Eastern, 840 Pacific. We talk ACC as we continue to preview the Power Five. What are we down to? Three weeks? Less than three weeks now? That's right. Oh, it's getting close. College football season's getting close. Five burning questions coming up at 1220 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Jay Jaffe going to join us, fan graphs. I'm going to tell you what, 120 p.m. Eastern, it's time to expand Major League Baseball playoffs. It should have already been expanded. If if you were bored, even though I know the big Zach Granke trade was really announced right after the 4 o'clock deadline, which you knew there was going to be something. But people were, oh, man, kind of a dead deadline. You know, Trevor Bauer got moved. Zach, Zach Granke got moved, but... We didn't see what we thought we were going to see. It's not like the NBA deadline. If you want that to heat up, expand the playoffs. It's only it's good for the competitive teams, the really competitive teams, the teams that are odds-on favorites. It's really good for them. It is really good for the teams that are on the bubble. It's really good for the fans. It's so good for the fans. Great for television, great for the game. And I'm not saying let everybody in. I'm not trying to do the NBA thing. One more team. That's all I ask. One more team. From each side, 
let them in. I'm telling you, and I'll explain this coming up in about four hours if you give me the time. <laughs> I'll explain this in about three and a half hours if you give me the time right after Jay joins us. It, it just, none of it doesn't make sense. It all makes sense. It's all better. It's all better. It's like the Dewey Cox part of the movie. It's not addictive. It's not habit forming. It's the cheapest drug out there. It makes sex even better. It's so good. Just add one more team to Major League Baseball. I'm going to beg you. Coming up at 1.20 p.m. Eastern. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Before we get to the phones, you know, I I, got to ask the question. Would you pay? Would you trade? Would you wait out Zeke Elliott? I, I think that I take Zeke Elliott's side in this entire scenario. And the only reason I do is because I, I, I look at both sides. I don't think the Cowboys have a case other than they don't want to spend money on a number four overall pick. It, it, isn't this the entire goal? When you take a guy number four overall, especially when you then took a quarterback in the fourth round, unless you wanted to use him for, for Tony and move on, maybe that was the Jones's original thought. Maybe they thought Tony Romo was going to play a little bit longer than what he did, and so they were going to use him with Tony, and then that would go on, and then they let go of Zeke Elliott at some point. Maybe they thought that was the case. They did it with DeMarco Murray. Maybe that was the case with Zeke Elliott. Maybe that was their thinking. But when you take a guy that high, your entire goal is supposed to be able to pay him, right? That's what the draft's for. Like a fourth-round guy. If a fourth-round guy plays well for you and he's on the bubble and you're going, you know, it just, eh. You play linebacker. We can find other linebackers. We wish you, we thank you for the service, but we wish you well. We have to use our money in different directions. That's perfectly okay. It, it can be argued at some point, but it's perfectly okay. You take a guy fourth overall, you got to want to give him money. And I know he wants money earlier, and I know that he has been a wreck at times off the field. But your quarterback situation, your organization situation, you have very little choice. Pay the man his money. 855-2124-CBS. Let me get to Caesar. He's listening on Sirius XM 206. He's from Dallas. Let's hear it, Caesar. You're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, what's going on, man? You know, I was listening to your show at a calling, you know, because I love my Dallas Cowboys. And, you know, just like you and everybody, now all the other Cowboys fans here, you know, we all want Zeke to get paid. He deserves to be paid. You know, he, he takes more more load off this offense than, than Dak will ever do. You know, Amari can't take that load. Dak surely can't take that load. You know, everybody says, well, the only reason it took Zeke number four is because Tony Romo uh, was there and, and he was the missing piece. Yeah, so what? You know, Romo, they knew Romo was injury prone. It was meant to happen sooner or later. I'm just so, asking know, the question. It, I wasn't throwing out a theory. I'm just asking a question, Caesar. That's all. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, that's fine. You know, I, I mean, that's just that's just my opinion, you know. Mm-hmm. You know he deserves to be paid. I, I hope he gets paid because, you know, I hate, I hate missing him for, you know, one week, two weeks. Even three weeks, you know, I, I'm sure Jerry Jones knows deep deep inside that he that he needs to pay this man because without him, there's no playoff run, and surely there's no no Super Bowl run. I agree. I I, I don't think, and I think this is a question almost not even about. And Caesar, thank you very much for the call eight five five two one two four CBS. I think that this is not even a question just about Zeke Elliott. I think this becomes a question to Dak Prescott. I'm not trying to give away what I can sell because I'm going to get to that coming up in the next segment. But I think this becomes more of a question of, do you think he can really get you over the hump without Zeke Elliott? They're going to try it in Philadelphia. 
We'll see if Carson Wentz can figure out an entire season without getting hurt. We know that he can really play very, very well for that football team. They were a postseason team last year. People are picking them to go to a Super Bowl this year. You are in a conference where you've won a division. You're a playoff team last year. You seem to have righted the ship. I know that everybody hates Jason Garrett, and you believe that Jason Garrett is holding you back, but you are still a playoff team. You're not a 5-11 and or 4-12 and succubus on America's televisions like you used to be. You're 10-6. and six. It's tough to be 10-6 and six in the league. And you're there in that conference with Philly. Chicago, I have to give them their proper respect. You would assume with Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay Mike comes around. Minnesota's always lying in the weeds. The Saints are there. The Rams are there. You're in a tough conference. You just got this thing on the right course. You're going to play tough with Zeke who ran you in there last year. You're really going to do that? It, it it just makes more sense. Give the man his money. Let him play for the football team. If he messes up, he messes up. I, I, I don't know how else to say it. He's just that much to your offense. And I'll question Dak Prescott every possible chance I get. Because I don't know if he's one of those elite-level quarterbacks. And since I don't believe he's one of those elite-level quarterbacks, or no even, I, I can't make an argument that tells me he's an elite-level quarterback, then I got to sign Zeke Elliott. When it got down to Bill, to Le'Veon Bell and Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh, no matter what I might think of Ben Roethlisberger, Ben Roethlisberger has been elite. Has been able to carry that football team at times. You can let Le'Veon Bell go. You can even let Antonio Brown go. They're still a very talented football team. And Ben Roethlisberger is still a very talented quarterback. I don't know that about Dak Prescott. I have no real evidence that tells me that this guy can carry this football team without Zeke Elliott. The last chance we'd had back in 2017, nearly as many picks in 10 games with him, the same amount of sacks in four more games or four less games with him, that means that's more on the offensive line. That's certainly more on deck because he's looking around more. That's certainly more on the wide receiver core. You're going to have Jason Witten out there at about 137 years old, the same age as Joe Lewis and coming to America, trying to run around and find ways to get open. It, sign the guy. Okay, stop. Sign the guy. 855-212-4CBS. And I can't find anybody. It's amazing. I, I hear all these guys all over the country. Ah, uh, you gotta just trade him. Gotta just trade him. But I, when I get to the phones, when I get to the when I get to the fans, it's all yeah. Let's sign Zeke. Let's let's make this happen. Sign Zeke. Give Zeke the money. It's not my money. So go ahead and sign Zeke. And if I'm one of these other teams, am I trading for Zeke Elliott? You're not trading for him if you're the Chargers or any one of these other teams. Not a chance in hell I do that. So what would you do? Would you pay him? Would you trade him? Would you wait out Zeke? Eight five five two one two four CBS. Get to your calls and. If you're not going to pay him, yeah, you might not be paying Zach, paying Dak either. So there's at least good news if you don't pay Zeke. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Folks, today, 4 Eastern, 1 Pacific, you're not going to believe it. CBS Sports Network is live from the Meadowlands for the premier event in America Harness Racing as top trotters compete in the 2019 Hambletonian Stakes on the 24-hour home of CBS Sports. Also... 855-212-4227. It's brought to you by Geico. There's great news. You can save money with Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 50% or more on car insurance. Will uh, Will the Pope be watching the Hamiltonian stakes, Tom? Oh, you would think so, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, you'll be watching the stakes. And our guy, uh, Mark Malusis, Moose, is over on the fan right now hosting live from the Meadowlands for the Hamiltonian. It's for the favorite, Hamilton? It's his favorite day of the year. Are you serious? Oh, you want to see a pep in the step of Moose? You, this is un- – you Hamiltonian New Yorkers yeah. in your hor- – it is unbelievable to me. You guys in your ponies. Some of you us think got Mike, it real Mike bad. Mike watches Harness? I don't think Mike watches Harness. For the Hamiltonian? I don't know. I don't know if Mike watches Harness. I know he's big into the – Thoroughbred, but I don't. I I I can't remember him ever talking about harness racing. Harness racing is. I mean, I I don't know. You can watch it. It's on CBS Sports Network later on today. I don't get it, but I I just the the whole. You think there's an element of pro wrestling in harness racing? I don't know. I just think that when they're they're bouncing around on the on the back of those wheels and things like that, it's like. Eh, eh. Do you remember the it movie? doesn't it Wait. doesn't look like they're going that fast. I mean, it looks you you've seen you've seen the movie Easy Money, right? No, you've never seen the Rodney Dangerfield movie nope. Easy Money. No, there, there is. I've there, heard of it. Oh, you, you, now you have to see the movie because, um, well, obviously I'm a little older than you, so it, it I, I I can't I can't knock you for not seeing it. But if yeah. you can see, there's a there's a there's a scene in the movie where he goes to the harness track. And he, they bet they bet on a race. Him and Joe Pesci is in the movie with him, and, <laughs> and 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 they bet on this they bet on this horse, and they're up close by the track, and they're coming around. The horse is winning, and, and Joe Pesci goes nuts because he sees the harness driver pulling on the tail of the horse, and the horse slows down, and they lose the money. And Joe Pesci runs onto the. I don't want to give away too much, but Joe Pesci whips out and run, <laughs> runs onto the track and goes to attack the harness driver. <laughs> Peter doesn't want to give too much away. Joe Pesci has had the wildest career of all careers. You, would, you I, honestly, he never gets mentioned. Like he gets mentioned as a great actor for those for like Goodfellas and things yeah. like that. Uh-huh. He really should be mentioned for the wide range. Like Joe Pesci played a murderous sociopath. In Goodfellas, mm-hmm. and was also in Gone Fishing with Danny Glover. In Casino, like and he played he played a murderous mobster in Casino, and he was also in Easy Money. Like my it, cousin it's, Vinny, it, my cousin Vinny. Like he's in these great movies, but he also is like, yeah, I got some range. I can make you laugh. <laughs> Joe Pesci is one of the most underrated actors in American history. I'm dead serious, and he's, he's won great. an Academy Award. Yeah, the man has won an Academy Award. Home Alone, Home Alone for crying out yeah. loud, and Him Home and Alone too. No kidding. He is such a good actor. And nobody gives, uh, like, it, it, we, we remember him for the great movies. And he's been in great movies. Like, we know he's a great actor. I just don't know how, if we, if we know how great of an actor he really is. Versatile. Such a good actor. This isn't even what I want to talk to you about. <laughs> and now we're just going over the, the immense great career of Joe Pesci. And I can't wait to watch this Irishman movie with he and Robert De Niro again, back together again. Well, it started this with is incredible. racing. And it all started with harness racing. Uh, your friend, your, your your dear friend, both you and Tom, this is a special day for you guys. Yes, it is. You guys have Kevin Malai going into the Hall of Fame today. Yes, I'm very, very excited to see his uh, his speech tonight. Um, very, very happy for him. Third year he was a finalist, finally got in. and um, a, a Tremendous player. Uh, I, to me, he's one of those, when you talk about players that revolutionize a position, um, the way he played, the game, the way he got out in the open field and just yeah. knocked people on their asses was just tremendous. And, and to think that he started his career as a guard and not a center and he became a Hall of Fame center is really remarkable. Tom, your thoughts on Kevin Mawai? 
he was a incredibly relevant Jet, which is pretty rare. He was a first-team All-Pro basically every season. He was with the Jets. He was the you know president of the Players Union. I mean, he was like one of the most influential and best players in football. And the Jets don't necessarily have those type of guys very often. So yeah. And another thing, he was he was Parcells' first big. Uh, there you go. He was uh, Bill Parcells' first big free agent acquisition when he mm-hmm. took over. He brought you know people talk about all those Curtis Martin and that whole thing with the Patriots, but. He he went out there and, and, and took a chance and, and threw big money at Maui to come to the Jets to anchor that offensive line. And, you know, that was that was a pretty special group that he that he put together. Obviously they didn't get to where they wanted to get, but he was a terrific Jet for a long time. Um and, and only became an ex Jet because they wound up drafting Mangold. Uh, in 2006. Well, see, because this is the Jets have such an interesting history mm-hmm. because, like, here, okay, where does Kevin Mawai? I'm putting my cart before my own horse here. See, I'm still doing harness racing. Where does Kevin <laughs> Mawai of that era, where does Kevin Mawai rank for your favorite Jets? You and Tom go. Uh, in, in the era of, like, in the Parcells era or yeah, all, like or, nine, all time? Well, 98 to 2005. I know Parcells wasn't there that long, but, like, of that. Well, Late nineties, early two thousands Jets. Where where does Kevin Mawai rank? Well, he's my from that era. He's my favorite. That okay. era, what, what, hands down, my favorite Jet. Tom, I loved Testaverde and Martin too. But yeah, Mawai was my favorite also. You I think love Ma- Testaverde over him, even? No, no, no. Oh, I think okay. Mawai is my favorite from that. Era. I think Mawai and Revis are my favorite Jets ever. And how many didn't? Now they went to an AFC Championship game, right? They yeah, ninety eight. Yep. Played the Broncos. They're up ten nothing at halftime. Exactly. This is so interesting to me because, like, usually, like here, like people love Joe Thomas. And Joe Thomas is one of the greatest to ever play the game. Or one of the play, mm-hmm. one of the greatest to ever play left tackle. All right, it, it, you can argue it. Whatever. Fine. People put Munoz in there. People put Jackie Slater. A couple others. Uh, I, I, seeing Joe and, and seeing this era of football, I'd probably put Joe at the top. But obviously, I'm partial. There is, and Joe even recognizes this. It's a little nefarious. Because he's, by and large, one of the greatest to ever play the position. But he never went to the playoffs, and the team mm-hmm. was usually terrible. Like Ernie and, Banks. Yeah, and so it's it's very interesting where Kevin Mawai, Kevin Mawai was part of a team that made deep playoff runs. Kevin, Kevin Mawai has had a couple of, 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 ch- of chances at it. Mm-hmm. And then you have Joe Thomas. Like, usually an offensive lineman, if, you're a, if an offensive lineman's your favorite from the era, Tom, Peter, yeah, it usually means the team won that great. Um, well, no, well, I, I wouldn't say. I mean, they had some good teams. Like you just mentioned, they they had a couple of players. You know, they went to the playoffs with him. You know, ninety eight, two thousand one, two thousand two, two thousand four. So it wasn't like they didn't have. That's what I mean. They, yeah, they had it's some success. They had some success. Well, but listen, but that that era. I mean, listen, Pennington to me was. Um, a, a pretty good quarterback for the Jets. So he was a player that you think about in that in that era. The offensive line was really good. Curtis Martin gets you know. Listen, Curtis Martin's in the Hall of Fame. Think about that era of Jet history. Now you know you know they didn't win anything, but they got two guys in the Hall of Fame from that era: the Mawai and Curtis Martin. So well, that is really interesting. There, I got to give you that, Tom. Who's your favorite Jet ever? Probably Revis, but I mean Mawai is right up there. And you're right. I get what you're saying. Revis like, is your favorite Jet ever? Oh yeah. See, I. My, wow. my my favorite jet is Mickey Schuler, tight end in the you know the seventies and eighties. Like Revis was on his way to being an all time great jet, and he'll still probably go down. But obviously, the holdouts really sour a lot of people, including myself. Well, um, and he came back. He came back after he won the Super Bowl with the Patriots. He comes back to the Jets for big money, and he played like a dog. 
He played like a dog when he well, came see, back. Well, see, that's to the that's what makes it interesting for me with with hearing Tom say that. Like, if, if a guy's your favorite player from a team, it usually meant he was a part of that team for a long time. Like what 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 you just said, Peter, is true. He, he Darrell Rivas was about his money, and that's it. And he played at a high level when he was about his money until the very end, and he couldn't play anymore, but he was always about his money. That's why mm-hmm. I actually respected Revis for it because he always wanted top dollar, and he was always willing to put himself out there, and it's going, okay, well, you're going you're to sign these short contracts, and I know you want your money, and it's amazing that a guy who actually says it's about money and makes it about money actually performs to that level. Yeah, I mean, what have we been like, talking about? But usually they the don't whole, perform that well. What have we been talking about the whole show so far? Zeke holding out? With two years left on his rookie deal, and that's and part of and the reason Revis people don't did, do Revis that. Did that the first the well he actually held out after he was drafted. Then he held out uh, going into the 2010 season. Revis Revis had two years left on his contract. If people True. remember the whole hunt, the Jets were on hard knocks that summer, and there's the whole rant about when Rex Ryan was screaming in that in that office when they were meeting with the agent over the phone. He's so like, true. two years left on his contract, not one, two years left. So. It is a very, very similar situation. But he, yep. uh, the thing that's not similar is he was the best player at his position. In but the he had two years Zeke left on not, his contract. No, Listen, look, he, Revis a was a great. He was Zeke a great player. Zeke is not the best running back in the league. He's who's the best close. running back in the league? I actually, who's the best th- I actually think it's Saquon Barkley. But if it was if if Gurley was fully healthy, it would be him. There's better players, several better players. But well, he's in yeah. the top five. It's close. Darrell Revis was the best cornerback in the NFL, and the reason why he's my favorite Jet is because he was the best player at his position. Ever, at least and, in and my big, fandom, best and, player at his position on the Jets ever since I've been. And watching. a big reason why they went to back-to-back AFC Championship games. But to me, the whole the holdout things, you know, and 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 having a bad attitude and coming back and not playing up to the contract, to me, just it, it sours me. And the Jets will put him into the Ring of Honor one day. I'll go to the bathroom during that ceremony. Oh, that's cold. The whole defense was built around him, if you remember. The, the Judas AFC Priest, Peter. Yep. The back-to-back AFC Championship runs with Rex Ryan's blitzing defense Peter. was built around Revis Island. It wouldn't have happened without And him. a running game, too. Peter. They had a good running game and a good offensive line. Absolutely. Pumpkin eater. Come on. All right, Peter, thank you very much mm-hmm. for the time. The great Peter Schwartz it. joining us in studio. Uh, when it comes to uh, – I love the Hall of Fame because I'm from Canton, so it was always funny where I, I grew up seven miles away from the Hall of Fame, and I went to a pizza – I worked at a pizza shop when I was a kid that was seven miles away from the Hall of Fame, and we'd always have people, even though we're in a different town, we're from Perry Township, which is right next to Canton, but it was still – like seven miles is still kind of a, a long ways away when you factor in Belden in that entire area. And we would always have people from different cities like Buffalo and, and Denver. I remember Denver fans would come in, and they'd always come into the pizza shop. And it isn't like it's like some institutional pizza shop. It's a great pizza shop, and I love that pizza shop, and I love the people who own the pizza shop. But the people would come into Marscotti's back in the day, I'd be looking at it and go, wow, you really came all the way out here for pizza. This is fantastic. And you get the perspective of people from Seattle and people from Green Bay and all over the country as sports fans, and it was always a really interesting thing to say. So to me, the Hall of Fame is really cool. But you bring up Darrell Rivas. I think that's the greatest example of it ever. And when we bring in the running backs and talk about Zeke, See, this is where if you don't have Zeke with the Dallas Cowboys, I, I take you out of the running as a, as a Super Bowl contender. I'll put you in right now. You're a very good defense. It was so young just a couple of years ago, and you've really developed and played well. I'll put you in there with one of the top defenses out there, at least as talent goes. I'll put you out there as the offensive line is being revitalized. I'll put you in there where Dak can, can hold the fort down a little bit. 
But he can hold the fort down to 8-8. Eight, eight. Maybe. Maybe without Zeke. If you don't have Zeke Elliott on this football team, I don't consider you a Super Bowl contender. And that's completely bass-ackwards from the other teams that are out there. I shouldn't have to make that declaration. That's why I, I think Zeke, not Darrell Revis. Darrell Revis was a corner. You can go in other directions if you want to. Zeke, you drafted him fourth overall. Darrell Revis, I don't believe, and I'm sure Darrell Revis, I don't know, might have some speeding tickets somewhere in there. Tom would know better than me. Did Darrell Revis have any real bad outings uh, off the field during his time with the Jets, Tom? Pete is saying a speeding ticket. I don't remember it, but I think okay, that's so, as bad uh, as it goes. Okay, so if maybe it's like a speeding ticket. Maybe hour speeding ticket. All right. Like yeah, it, yeah, well, yeah. If, if it's 100 in a school zone, then I, maybe I'll make a big deal about it. If he it's was, just 100 on the highway, whatever. He was going to be late to practice. It was okay, so he's going to be late to practice. We're not talking about some of the instances that Zeke Elliott has been a part of. No. And shoving people no, around, no, no. and we know what happened in Columbus and all the other stuff. So, Or we, we know what's alleged in Columbus, we should say. When I bring Zeke Elliott up, and and Tom makes a great argument, I think Saquon Barkley is definitely already one of the best and probably is going to be the best by the end of this season. And I think I'm only holding it back because he's a rookie. Todd Gurley, you said if he was healthy, Todd uh, Bo Jackson would probably be the best if he was healthy too. So I have to take Todd Gurley out of that mix. Zeke's right up there. But when I look at Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley does a great job. It's going to be down to Daniel Jones at some point to take the Giants to the next level. Saquon Barkley can do a lot. Running backs can do a lot. I can't take you as a Super Bowl champion seriously if you have just Dak Prescott with no Zeke Elliott. I can't do it. So if you don't make this signing, just understand that if the difference is big-time running back money, and I know that you're yelling about two years left on the contract this year and next year, and you've already made a ton because you're a fourth overall pick. It's a Super Bowl championship. Or an appearance in that Super Bowl to play for that championship. Is that worth Zeke Elliott's contract? With all the investments that Jerry Jones has made, I would have to absolutely say yes. 855-2124-CBS. Up next, the NFL player, NBA player comparison is missing one thing. Money. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.